you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, I'm going to begin reading in verse 35. Luke 18 and 35. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Luke 18, 35 says this. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man can see. And he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it, praise God too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is amazing. It's it's. It's just so wonderful, Lord God, awe-inspiring, Lord God, that you have, Lord, uh, given us your living word. We know your word is alive, Lord. It's alive and actively working in our lives today. So, Lord, we pray that you continue to speak to us, Lord God. Speak to us tonight during this time. Holy Spirit, we need you. Lord God, we want you to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you more, Lord. I pray that you would help me tonight, Lord God, clearly uh, to unfold your word, Lord God. I need your help. I need your anointing in a greater way. Father, give us all the grace to apply this to our lives. I bind up the enemy in all distraction right now. I command every bit of, 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 of dissension, of rebellion of confusion be broken right now in Jesus name I take authority over uh, this place and over our time and declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper nor succeed thank you Lord for being with us in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. you know the story as we read reminds us how much uh, that that the Lord Jesus cares about every single one of us in our time of need Amen. It shows that 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 hurting people, needy people, people that are in need get the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So on Sunday, how many of y'all were here on Sunday for Sister Renee's? Wasn't that amazing? An amazing testimony. For those of you that I wasn't here, I'm going to just summarize it. And I heard this story for many years from going to Bethany and, and you know, and whatnot. I just heard the story. But if you wasn't here, I encourage you to get the DVD and, and watch it because I'm sure, Doug, the pictures and all that will be on there too, right? Yeah. So she'll show you pictures of, she was walking down our, uh, the, the, a beach in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. That's where her and her husband are, are, are pastors over there. And, and, a, and a homeless man hit her over the head with a huge piece of, of uh, wood, like a, a fence post. She knocked out instantly, continued repeatedly hitting her in the head till somebody stopped. And it was a miracle that, I mean, that she even survived. And to see her testimony of as her husband prayed every day, like one day that she would open her eyes and the next day she opened her eyes. And the next day that their feeding tube would be out and her, she actually put her own feeding tube out. And I mean, it showed they had to remove, literally remove half of her skull. And it showed, you know, so I'm just, you know, synopsis for those of y'all that wasn't here. But it showed that she was in a great need and God did a 
miracle. And her main thing when she was talking about was how many people were praying for her. That she had, I mean, the, the church was praying. Literally, you know, the, the majority of all the Christians for sure in Brazil were praying for her. People all over the world, missionaries, because they're connected with the Surge Project, a, a mission planning organization all over the world. And people in Nepal and China. So her, 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 her message is how God does miracles and how we need other people. We need the body of Christ to stand in agreement and pray for us. Amen? And so that's what she talked about on Sunday. So I want to stay in the vein of God doing miracles and God answering prayer, but I want to switch it a little bit. And, and, and she's spot on. We all, we can't, you know, we can't do this thing on our own, right? We can't walk out. We're not, we're intended and created to be in relationship, first with God, then with each other. God, we're relational creatures. There's no way about it. You can't, you can't walk this walk on your own. And she, she's absolutely 100%, you know, was spot on Sunday. So, but I want to look at the other side of the coin tonight. I want to look at, you know, how we do need our brothers praying and, and, and for us, our brothers and sisters. But we have a part to play in it too, right? We have our roles as individuals to play in. And so from this story of the blind beggar, I, I want to look at a few things that we can learn uh, from this man, from this story, and what we need to do when we have a need in our lives. Some of y'all probably came up to the altar on Sunday and had either, either Sister Renee pray for you, had others pray for you. Um, and, and, and again, we were standing with you in agreement. But from this story, I want to, I want to show you what, when we have a need, what is our part? What do we do on our part when we, there's a need? And so tonight I want to talk about the relentless pursuit, how we should relentlessly pursue the Lord. Now, like I said, the most important thing is relentlessly pursuing him to be in relationship with him. But let, just specifically, staying in the vein from Sunday, when you have a need, when you need a miracle, what should we do? Let's look at it straight from this text tonight. First thing I want to share with you is that we must cry out to the Lord for help. We must cry out to the Lord for help. Now listen to me. I didn't say go to the Lord in prayer. I say cry out to the Lord for help. There's a difference. We need to go to the Lord in prayer every day. But you know what? When you're desperate, when, when, you're, getting re when you're relentless with something, your, your regular prayer turns into a cry. It turns into to begin to, to cry out to the Lord. Look what, look what the Bible says. It says, so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't, he didn't just, hey, Jesus, hey, I got, a, I got a prayer request. Now, that's all right. I'm not done. But he began shouting, the Bible says. He began crying out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord for mercy and for help. Now that this, this tells me when he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me as he shouts it. He obviously knew that Jesus was merciful. He obviously knew he can go to Jesus because Jesus was merciful. We know the scripture says that his mercies are brand new every morning. And so he obviously knew that he was merciful, but he began to, to shout. He began to cry out to the Lord for help. You know, it reminds me of another scripture. As he began to shout, he boldly began to shout at Jesus. He was boldly, like he was, he was going to get the Lord's attention. Now, crying out to the Lord, let me be clear. This is, doesn't always have to do with the volume of your voice. Right? Y'all tracking with me? It can be. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example about that in a little bit. It can be. But crying out to the Lord, it, it, it's a deep, the cry, you ever heard the cry of my heart? We've all heard that saying. That's really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, crying out to the Lord. It's it's a it's an innermost like you know we talk about a belly laugh. It's like a belly uh, inner a cry from my heart, crying out to the Lord. It, it's not necessarily the volume of your voice, but it's also the posture of our heart. 
You know, I think sometimes we don't realize, and the Bible tells us also, it says, pour out, David says, pour out your heart before the Lord. That the Lord has given us permission. Matter of fact, he encourages us to come to him like this. How do I know this? How do we know this? It's Hebrews 4, 16 tells us clearly. Listen to what it says. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Listen to this. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. There's the invitation. Come boldly. through. The, there's so much just in that verse right there. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Some translation says, come boldly to the throne of grace. There you will receive his, again, mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, the beggar obviously knew Jesus was merciful. The writer of Hebrews is telling us, listen, you will receive his mercy. You will find his grace to help you when we need it most. I love it says, we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Not we might. See, that's, it's the, crying out to the Lord is a posture of your heart. It's coming boldly and saying, Lord, you've, you've, you've encouraged me. You've told me. You've beckoned me in my greatest need that I can boldly come to you and even shout. You can shout to the Lord if you need to. I can tell some people still have a problem with that. You can boldly, in, in a cry of desperation, we're going to see in a minute, this man did it, that Jesus rebuked him and said, don't you talk to me like that, boy. No, it got Jesus' attention. Jesus stopped whenever the, 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 the blind man cried out to him. Listen, I learned this one night, actually, right here in this sanctuary, about crying out to the Lord in your, in your need. Actually, that night, I was standing right there during worship, and and and... And I was preaching on pouring out your heart before the Lord. And I, I used that scripture in Psalms. David says, pour out your heart before the Lord. And we were worshiping. And as we were worshiping, a lady came up to the altar. And she came right about over there. And she just began to shout, like really loud, what I deemed to be very distracting. And, and as I'm standing there, I'm worshiping in the presence of God is, is in here. And this lady comes to the altar. And she just begins to shout. At first, all I heard her do was shout. And I'm thinking, okay, this is distracting. She's distracting others. She's, just, she's, she's maybe drawing attention to herself. And the next thing I hear is all she shouted was Jesus. And she just gave this hard cry. Just all she said was Jesus. And I'm like, okay, Lord, help me. How do I deal with this? Is this being, you know. And as I'm trying to decipher through this, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, she's doing what you're about to preach on. I was like, okay, yes, Lord. I hear you loud and clear. That was awesome. It was powerful because I really heard it. He said, she's doing what you're about to preach on. And, and in that vein, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? Because she was crying out to the Lord. I don't even know what was going on in her life, but she was crying out to the Lord. And, and, and I just kind of just asked the Lord what he wanted to do, where he wanted to go from there. So I came up here and, 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 and really kind of went off of that with the Lord that spoke to me and said, listen, just as my sister's crying out to the Lord, you might be going through something in anguish and you may feel the way she did. And you might need prayer for something. And I just want to open up the altars. Bunch of people came down to the altar and it was just, you know what, they had an, it's almost like they had an example of like, I'm feeling the way she's feeling. And you know what, some of y'all might have been in that service. I don't know, that was years ago. But you know what, it just, it was a great illustration. The Lord reminded me of that today as I was, you know, just preparing for this. That, that, that's, and again, it, it doesn't have to do with volume, but if you was here tonight, and I wish I could give you a picture of her posture. It, to me, it's like she couldn't even, I don't know what was going on, but all she can cry out was Jesus. 
And it was a deep belly cry to Jesus. And I'm telling you, I believe she got a breakthrough that night and other people did too. Amen. Are y'all, y'all tracking with me? So we need to cry out to the Lord, actually cry. And he beckons us, come boldly to the throne of grace, cry out to him, and you will receive help, mercy and help when you need it the most. Second thing we can learn from this story is, is this. Don't let anyone or anything keep you from pursuing the Lord. Don't let anyone or anything keep you from pursuing the Lord. I love this. When he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The very next thing that we read in Luke 18, 39 is be quiet. Be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he, and I love this, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, when we begin to cry out to the Lord, there will be people that will try to shut us down. That night, I was almost one of those people. I literally, I almost, I, I'm, I almost shut her down because I thought it was a quote unquote distraction. And I'm so thankful that the Lord spoke to me and said, no, she's doing what you're about to preach on. But you know, people will try to shut you down. Now, not, I'm not even, I, I didn't even plan on using that illustration till, till right before, but you know, people, just it, it might be it, it could even be your brothers and sisters. It can be people in church. There's times where you get to such a desperate place where place where you cry to the Lord. And there there can be people that will try to keep you. People will try to talk you out of going to the Lord with your needs. Maybe just because of their own disbelief. Maybe you have a you need a miracle. There's something major in your life, and there's people that they they are in disbelief, either non-believers or even believers that just have doubt. And as you're standing in faith and you're crying out to the Lord, they'll try to tell you, man, be quiet. The Lord can't help you with that. Just be quiet. People will try to distract you. People will try to 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 get you to hinder you. And then you got the enemy. That will try to tell you to be quiet and make you believe that you're not worthy to go to the Lord for help. See, that's that quiet. That's that be quiet in your head that you hear. Be quiet. The Lord, the, the Lord's not going to help you. I mean, you maybe not, you're not worthy. And that's, you know, especially in this context, that's what was going on there. You had this blind beggar that was considered a less than person in, in the, the society back then. And so here he is. He's a beggar. First, he's blind. And, and he's begging. So to them, I mean, he's like the lowest of the low. It's a double whammy on him. He's a blind man and he's begging. Here comes Jesus. He's crying out. So the more dignified people will say, man, be quiet. Shut up. He, ain't, he don't want to talk to you. He don't want to hear from you. So the enemy will try to make you think that too. Look what you did last night. And you got nerve to cry out to the Lord today? The Lord don't want to hear from you. Listen. I love this. You've probably heard this before, but, but you know, we, first of all, we need to remind the devil that the cross makes us worthy. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That the cross makes us worthy. I've, 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 I love this, and you've probably heard this saying, but, you know, it's been said, when the devil tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. When he tries to remind you of your past and how you messed up, and it could be your past 20 years ago before you got saved, or your past last night. Because I don't know about you, but I still blow it every once in a while. How about you? I still do things that I know doesn't reflect the character of Christ. And because of that, the enemy will try to condemn you. But remind him, when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. We know how this thing ends and where he ends up in the lake of fire. Amen? So we need to remind him of that. Listen, the, remember this too. The reason that the man knew that Jesus was coming was because of all of the noise. See, that'll, there'll be a lot of noise and distractions when you go to the Lord with a need. 
Sometimes it's, it's, it's people. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, uh, it, it can be a bad report. Or people saying, oh, man, this situation will never change. Your husband will never change. Your spouse will never change. This situation, it's a lot of noise and, and distractions that will try to keep you from going to the Lord. Sometimes it's our own, it's our day and age of distractions. And I've been talking about a lot of media, of, of our phones and, and, and electronic devices and just different things that will distract us. I'll tell you what, especially, let, let, me just, <laughs> let me just say this. Okay, research is good, but if you have a physical need, listen, Google can mess you up. Y'all know what I'm saying? You can Google that you have a headache. Next thing you know, you have a brain tumor. All right? So that's an extreme case, but I'm serious. I am serious about this. That's the kind of distractions you can get. When you're pursuing the Lord, when there's a need, when you're, you know, and you... Things can distract you from the internet to, again, other people. Other people's, I said this last week, or I said this, I uh, forgot when I said it recently, that other people's opinions, you know, it's good to get godly counsel and godly advice, but you need to stop listening to everybody's opinions. People's opinion can be a distraction. Okay, so you got to be careful. If you're having marriage problems, you, you're going on, you know, you can, you get all these people's opinions like, well, man, you probably should just leave them. You probably should, you know, all this kind of stuff. Again, godly counsel, godly advice is good. But be careful not to be distracted by people's opinions, by what you read on the internet, by what, you know, uh, even, you know, just, just sometimes our own mindsets, our, our, maybe a our, our, our traditional religious upbringing could, could mess us up. Amen. I have a I have a pastor friend of mine, and this is blesses me how you know he 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 was he was raised up in a certain way, and even taught against the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like praying in tongues and stuff, and that it even says. But you know now he's getting to a point where he's 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 hungering for the Holy Spirit. He wants the Holy he wants to be baptized, and he's like God, if this is you, I want all that you have. You know what he's saying? Like you know what I, I see in the scriptures, I'm putting all distractions aside. I have a need in my life. I want the power of God in my life and in my church, and I'm going after to the Lord and people are, you know, some of his pastor friends that run in the same circles are trying to distract him, but he's pushing all that aside. And he's saying, Lord, if this is from you, give me all you got. Amen. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to remember when this happens to press in and press on and you will get Jesus's attention just as this man did. Luke 18, 40, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. I love that. Shouting out to, to, to Jesus didn't offend him. It got his attention. He stopped in order that that man be brought to him. Amen. When we cry to the Lord in a hard posture of desperation saying, Lord, I need you. You are my only hope. My only hope is in you. We get the Lord's attention. Do you agree? That's what my Bible says. Amen. Number three, be specific with your need. Be specific with your need. Luke 18, 40 and 41 says this. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Actually, there's another exclamation point. He said, Lord, I want to see. He, again, he, he, that, that's what exclamation points still mean, right? He shouted again and said, Lord, I want to see. He was specific. Listen. In our lives, I've learned this principle. Y'all have all heard the story, you know, about me whenever me and my wife and I were looking at building or buying, and I've told it many times, but we was, somebody encourages, man, be specific with your needs or even what you desire. We, me and my wife made a list, and it was specific. Don't you, do you know, you might think this is crazy. The Lord hit every one of those 
on our list. 100% of the things we prayed for for our house, we have it and even more. Now you might think, well, that's just a material thing, but you know what? God blessed us with that. Just little things that, you know, because it goes back to that. I believe the Lord, we're his children. We don't give our children not all, just the things that we need, like food and shelter and stuff. Don't you want to bless your kids with things that they want to? My wife wanted trees. She wanted shade for our kids to play in. Guess what? We were looking at buying a piece of land. There was no trees. I would have had to plant them, and it would have took years to have shade. We have, uh, you know, a lot of shade in our yard. We have a lot of beautiful trees. And, and, and you know, so be specific. More recently in my life right now, um, you know, with my mom, and I'll ask her permission to, to share this, you know, and, and we've been praying with my mom. You know, my mom had a, a, a total hip replacement uh, back in October, and, um, you know, and praise the Lord. She was in a wheelchair for six months, and, I mean, praise God, she's, now she's walking. Now she's, you know, isn't it a, it's a blessing? But we're believing for further healing. You know, she still, she has a cane that she walks with. Now she still can walk without the cane, but she limps a little bit, um, you know, without the cane. And so I had been, we had been praying. I'm just like, Lord, strengthen that, the bones that are connected to this, you know, the artificial stuff, you know, the, the full hip replacement, you know, all the, uh, and everything. Well, she went to the doctor recently and found out the doctor said that what's happening is that uh, it's, it's the muscles that need to be strengthened. After sitting down for six months and just sitting down and standing up, those muscles, you know, you, you, they lie dormant, you know, and then I guess you couple that with having to do the total hip replacement. So when I found that out, guess what? My prayers changed for my mom. And I began to become specific and say, Lord, strengthen those muscles that need to be strengthened. Strengthen those ligaments that are around and that, you know, whatever it is that need to be. Now, if we get another report from, from the doctor and he says something else, I, I want to be, you know, like somebody says, you know, especially those of y'all that are hunters or maybe are familiar with guns, it's, it's, you know, it's a difference between a shotgun approach and a rifle approach. A shotgun, when you shoot a shotgun, it, it, it shoots a lot of BBs and it spreads. A rifle is one bullet and it's very accurate to its target. So, so we need to be specific in our prayers. It's good to pray, Lord, bless me, Lord, heal my mom and all that. But I, but, but I want to be specific in what we pray, amen? Specific prayers. And then what, what, what is the need specifically? You can, and it's okay, hey, Lord, I want a breakthrough in my marriage. But what is it specific that, that you want the Lord to do in your marriage, in your health, in this church, in this community? You know, what, what is it specifically? I believe the Lord wants us to be specific. What is it that you want me to do for you? Which leads us to our next point. Have faith that the Lord will do what you're asking him to do. Be specific and then have faith. Now this, I love this. This blows me away. And even as I was reading it recently and, and getting prepared, I just love it. Luke 18, 42, it says this. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. This is the part that always blows my mind. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. This verse always amazes me. He didn't say, my power has healed you. The, my anointing has healed you because I'm the son of God. You are healed. He says, your faith has healed you. And you think, what well, happens? Yeah, but that's, that's one story. There's two other accounts in the New Testament where he says the exact same thing. There were the two blind men in Matthew chapter 9 and the woman with the issue of blood who I referenced earlier in Luke chapter 8 says the exact same thing. Your faith, by your faith, according to your faith, however your translation reads it, you are healed. Receive your healing. So when we're, we, we're, we cry out to the Lord, we're specific with our prayers, have faith that the Lord is going to do. That's why I love that song that says, Jesus, you are my everything. 
You are my everything. And listen, we're all, we can look at the woman with the issue of blood and says that she spent all her money on doctors over the years. And, and, and we do that too, right? And I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, we get a headache and, you know, I'll be honest, I don't always pray about it right away. I, hey, babe, we have some Advil? Come on, you know, y'all must be more spiritual than me. But right, we, we go pop some Advil. Then it don't go away. I'm like, okay, Lord, I pray you would heal my head and that you would, you know, right? You know, and so... You know, and we, we do that, and of course it would be great. We want to continue to grow into the point where we're like, you know what, we, we look to the Lord first and foremost. But like with the woman with the issue of blood, it doesn't really track this blind beggar we're talking about. But the woman with the issue of blood says that she, you know, for years spent all of her money at the doctors. And I love it. It says that she didn't get better. She actually got worse. But when she put her, really she had no choice but to put all her eggs, all her faith in that one basket, which was our Lord Jesus Christ. And she reaches out again. She was, she cried out, she persevered, she touched him as going. And it says the power came out of him, but it was her faith, it says, that healed her. Listen, now listen, I understand this is the, in the context of wisdom in the scripture I'm about to read, but it still applies to faith. James 1, 6 and 7 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divine loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And that's what faith is. Faith is saying, I'm putting my all in Jesus. I'm putting my full trust, my full faith, my full confidence. Jesus, you are my everything in Jesus. Amen? And that's where that true faith kicks in and says, listen, there's nothing else, no one else that can help me but the Lord himself. Amen? And the fifth and final thing. Uh, which I think is, is extremely important. Obviously, these are all important, but I've seen, sadly, I've seen this last one all, all too many times go, go the other way. Number five is continue to follow Jesus after he meets your need. Continue to follow Jesus after he meets your need. Look at Luke 18, 43. It says this, instantly the man can see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praise the Lord. Too. You know, all too often, and I, even, even since I've been a Christian, especially since I've been in ministry, I've seen people come to the Lord and in a great time of need when things weren't going so well in their life, when they were having a major need in their life, be it physical, financial, relational, you name it, whatever the list goes on and on. And people come to God, they, they come to the Lord, they come to church, they get connected. You see them at the altar, you see them weeping, you see them crying out, their faith is in God. They really, they've done all the things I just talked about. They're reading their Bible, they're praying every day. And then you hear the testimony, you hear the breakthrough, you hear how God came through for them. And then they fall off the map. And I've had people make the full circle and come back again and, and they're in the pig pen again. And they're like, man, and, they, and I've seen people, which has been a blessing, that admit it and come back and say, you know what, man, I messed up. You know, I came in here beaten, broken, busted, and disgusted. I had, a, I had a major, you know, need and issue in my life. And, man, the Lord came through, and he, he, he delivered me from this. But he said, man, when things were going good, I just kind of forgot about the Lord. I kind of, I, 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 you know, that's why the Bible says remember all of his promises. Remember. That's why, in, in, and he said, they, they say, and I, I went away from him. That's why you see in the Old Testament how important it was whenever the children of Israel was coming out of, uh, of, of, of Egypt. And when the Lord would do a miracle, they would stop and they say, hey, set up a, a memorial right there. 
Set up 12 stones and set up a memorial to remember all that the Lord has done for us. That we don't easily forget. Amen. And that picture in the Old Testament, we, 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 we have a tendency to do the same thing. So I encourage you. Maybe you've gotten your breakthrough. Maybe you haven't already. You know, and it, it might not be just be totally, you know, walking away from the Lord. It could be your level of passion, your level of fire, your level of intimacy. There can be even Christians that are still saved, they're still in church, but man, they get after it. We see it during 21 days of prayer and fasting, man. People get after it, they pray, they fast, they really get after God. God answers that prayer and then they just kind of slide into lukewarmness again. You know, to me, man, of the Lord, and listen, we, we all guilty. I know that tendency. I've, I've said it. I've admitted, you know, when we would youth pastors, man, and, and pray and fast for youth encounters. And, man, you know, and we'd see God move in a mighty way. And, man, kids would get saved and delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit. It was awesome. Man, that Monday morning, it was just kind of tendency to be like, whew, that was awesome. But I'm tired, <laughs> you know. And you just kind of, you, you, you kind of hit the cruise control. I want to encourage you. The best thing we can do after the Lord shows up in a mighty way is keep on relentlessly pursuing him. Even if you don't have a need to pursue him about, pursue him. That's what I want to end on tonight. Is that, that, that his goodness and his kindness and his faithfulness and his power coming through should fire us up to continue to relentlessly pursue him no matter what. I love that. The man was healed and it said that he followed Jesus. And he continued to praise God. And many others who saw it followed Jesus too. It wasn't even their breakthrough. It was somebody else's breakthrough. And they said, man, I'm following this guy. Amen. Even other people. Listen, I want to encourage you. If somebody else is, is, is getting, getting a prayer answered, getting a need met on the side of you, and you're not getting your breakthrough, you're not getting your need, don't get jealous. Don't get bitter. Don't get upset. Listen, may that be a passion that fuse you to continue to pursue after the Lord. Rejoice with them. The Bible says rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Rejoice with them and continue to relentlessly pursue the Lord in his presence. Just as I said at the beginning, really that's the most important thing. If God hadn't answered your prayer or you don't see it happening, you don't see things changing, listen, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, knowing going through tragedies myself, that if you continue to relentlessly pursue the Lord, you will get to know him like never before. Sometimes it's in those things. Sometimes you, you listen, you want me to be totally honest with you? Sometimes we pray prayers like, Lord, take me out of this situation, and he's, he don't want to answer that prayer. Because he knows it's in the fire that you're going to draw closest to him like never before. He knows that if in that time that, that what I'm talking about, people tend to, to go away from him. And in the fire, not that he doesn't love you, not that, that, that he, doesn't, he doesn't care. We see when Lazarus died. It said even though he loved Lazarus, he waited a couple of days to go. And, and Lazarus died. Now, we know he ended up raising him from the dead. But that we, we think sometimes, Lord, you're not taking me out of this. You're not answering my prayer. What's wrong? Do you not love me? No, he actually could be keeping you in that because he does love you. And the whole point of being in this need is that, you know what, he wants to, he wants to reveal himself to you in such a greater way. In such a more, uh, just such a powerful way. I've experienced this myself. When my brother died, and it was, it was a tough time. And, man, but I'll tell you what. Up until that time, that was the closest I'd ever got to the Lord because I was heartbroken. I was devastated. My heart was broken for my sister-in-law and my niece and my mom. Obviously, it was, you know, but man, I, I'm telling you, so many days, I can, I can take you to that prayer room right in the back of campus right there. So many days I went back there and I prayed. I cried out to the Lord. Sometimes all I did was just cry. 
But I tell you, on the backside of that, I'm telling you to know this to be true. I come to know the Lord, and I was experiencing his presence in my life like never before. So I want to encourage you to continue to pursue, continue to relentlessly pursue him. When you get the breakthrough, when you get the answer, and even when you don't, continue to pursue Jesus. Colossians 2, 6 says this. And now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Paul was telling the Colossians the same thing. Hey, listen, you've accepted him. You're saved. You're born again. You're going to heaven. But listen, in the good times, because it's really both extremes sometimes makes it hard for us. In the good times, that's, again, where we feel like you might, you might not need God and everything's going well. And then in the bad times, you might think, God, where are you? And everywhere in between, just as the Apostle Paul, and I encourage you to continue to follow Jesus with wholehearted passion and wholehearted, relentless pursuit. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me as we close? You know, the, the greatest need that, that, we, that we all have and that you might have tonight is the need for salvation. It's the need for forgiveness. As I just read in Colossians 2.6, it says, Now that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. The greatest need we have is, is, is to accept the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers for our sin, for our iniquity, for our, 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 our rebellion towards him. So if you do me a favor, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, just out of respect for people around you, and reverence for the Lord. I know that, that that's the greatest, that's where it starts. You might have a bunch of different needs in your life right now, but if you're not right with the Lord, if you haven't been forgiven of your sins, I'm telling you right now, that's your greatest need at this moment. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not uh, um, lessening your other needs. I understand many needs in here. And I'm not, not that your needs are any less. I'm just encouraging you that this is your greatest one. Because you know what? It's awesome. We can get our physical bodies healed. But if our souls ain't saved, we'll, we'll, we'll walk through this life with healthier bodies. But when eternity hits, will be eternally separated from him. The Bible makes it clear. It's appointed for man and people to die once. Then comes judgment. It's heaven or hell. And I want to encourage you tonight. Are you right with God? Is your greatest need the need to be forgiven and the need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and know that you'll spend eternity with him? The Bible says we all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standards. You might be a good person compared to someone else but according to the scriptures we fall short of God's glorious standard but he loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross to take our penalty our shame and our sin so if you say Brandon my greatest need right now is I don't know if I'm even right with God that if tonight was my last night if, if my life ended tonight that I would even that I, where I would end up in eternity heaven or hell would, would you spend eternity we started out by worshiping saying holy 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 and that's what we're going to sing all through eternity if, we, if, if we're born again. But if you say, Brandon, if I'm not sure, my mom would ask me, you hear me say it recently a lot, she used to ask me, if you died, where would you go, heaven or hell? And I'd say, I'm not sure. And she'd tell me some of the greatest words I ever heard out of love from my mom was, if you're not sure, it means you're going to the wrong place. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you're not sure, every head bowed, every eye closed, just everybody praying, nobody looking around, and say, Brandon, right now, I, I believe that my greatest need is I need to be right with God. I need to be assured of my salvation, that I'm forgiven. If that's you, I just want to see your hand. Just slip up your hand, and I want to pray for you. I see your hand back here. 
I see some more hands in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Back here, a couple of more hands. Hands going up in the back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. The Lord wants to meet your greatest need, and that's to be saved. That is salvation. Anyone else? I see your hand right here in the middle, my man. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, those of you all with your hands raised, the Bible says is if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It also says repent and turn to God. So repent means asking God to forgive you of your sins and then turn it away from those sins. When we walk out of here tonight, he will help you do that. So we're going to start. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And this prayer, it's not a special prayer. It's by faith. You declaring your need for the Lord. And look, as brothers and sisters, we're going to all pray this with you. So everybody with your hand raised, we're just going to lead you in a simple prayer. And we're going to pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my place. I thank you for taking my penalty. I thank you, Lord, that you have saved me. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray you give me the strength. Give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. I trust you, Lord, with my every need, with my life, and with my eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise and glory tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time before you leave, I want to encourage you just to come down here. We're going to dismiss in a few seconds and, and come meet me or Pastor Rob, my wife, one of our, we want to pray with you. We have a gift for you. We want to give you a Bible if you need one. For the rest of us, I just want to encourage you. Remember, in that place, to cry out for the Lord for help. Don't let anyone or anything keep you from pursuing the Lord. Be specific in your need. Have faith and faith alone in the Lord that he will do and continue to follow Jesus when he meets you where you're at. Amen? Well, let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this night. I thank you for this time together. I pray your blessing and, and Lord God, your hand to be upon each and every person. Be with them as they go. Lord God, draw them closer to you and closer to each other as a body. Father, we love you and give you praise and glory for the souls that were saved and the lives that are being transformed tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening.